I'd like to thank your minister for those very kind words of welcome. Last night I was preaching at a harvest service in Tandragee. They had upped the award to an OBE. Some others talked about a CBE. And I hardly know at times what I've been given. Uh, but it was quite a subduing experience. But one no doubt that I will remember for the rest of my life. But I trust that as we gather here again tonight that we will know the Lord's help and the Lord's blessing as we both read and meditate upon his word. We're going to read in Genesis chapter 4. This being a harvest service, want to keep somewhat to that particular theme. And we have that to some degree in Genesis chapter 4, the chapter would be familiar uh, almost to everyone gathered here. And we commence at verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand, when thou tellest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. It shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Jordan. Amen. God again will add his blessing to 
the public reading of his precious word. Can we just bow and ask for the Lord's help? Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks again for the opportunity, the privilege that is ours, to come this night into thy house, to sing thy praises, to read thy word, to meditate upon it. And we ask, Lord, that you'll tabernacle amongst us in a very special way, that over and beyond the voice of mortal man, we will hear the still small voice of the Savior say, This is the way, walk ye in it. Lord, help us to rightly divide thy truth. We ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of every heart will be acceptable in your sight. Speak to us. Give us an ear to hear, a heart to understand. For we ask this in our Savior's name. Amen. Very, very simply tonight, I want to leave a thought with you on the subject of the fruit of Cain's religion. The fruit of Cain's religion. Many of us from childhood days have been very, very familiar with the story of Cain and Abel. And I'm sure even the youngest amongst us tonight have some knowledge of that particular story. Thousands of years, of course, have flown past since the events that are recorded in Genesis chapter 4, but still many of the lessons that you and I can learn from this chapter this evening. One vital lesson is this, that from the earliest dawn of human history, two ways emerged, the broad and the narrow way. The broad with its wide gate, its easy road, but its bitter end. The narrow way with its one restricted gate, a difficult road at times, but a glorious end. Abel chose one way, the narrow way. It produced a martyr, but a glorious eternity. His brother Cain chose the other way, the broad way. It produced a murderer, a bitter end. And he was caused to cry out at the end, my punishment is greater than I can bear. This was the fruit of Cain's religion. The Bible reminds us, of course, that there is a harvest to reap in every one of our lives. Sow to the flesh, and we reap a harvest. Sow to the Spirit, and we reap a harvest. Sow to the flesh, and ye shall of the flesh reap corruption, the Bible says. Sow to the Spirit, and ye shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Abel sowed to the Spirit, he reaped life everlasting. Cain sowed to the flesh, he reaped a harvest of corruption and destruction. Whatever we sow, that's exactly 
what we reap. He would be a very, very foolish farmer who went out in the spring of the year and plowed up the ground and sowed barley seeds. Then to go out and expect to reap potatoes. It doesn't happen that way. Whatever we sow, that is what we reap. And this chapter shows very, very clearly the reaping that Cain did after his life of sowing. The chapter shows us the fruits of Cain's religion. And as we look at that subject, I want you to notice, first of all, the worship of Cain. You see, the central truth in Genesis chapter 4 is this, that God is to be worshipped. Not only is God to be worshipped, but God is to be worshipped in a particular way. And when we look at the worship of Cain, three things are very, very clearly established. First of all, there was a place of worship. The Bible says in verse 3, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. In other words, he brought his offering to some particular point, to some particular place. There was a place of worship. That is borne out also in verse 16. And there it says, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, out from some particular point or place. We are not specifically told where that place was, but there had to be a place of worship, a place to which Abel and Cain came to meet with God. And of course, folks, God still demands our worship. We were made for worship, and we should not be neglectful of that particular spiritual exercise, a public place of meeting with God. There was not only a place of worship here, there was a period of worship. In the verse 3, it says, and in process of time. Now, if you've got a margin in your Bible, you will note there that the margin says, at the end of days. That may signify the end of a week. A week of days. Or it may signify the end of a year, a year of days, when they kept the feast of ingatherings, such as we do here tonight, harvest. It may point to the Sabbath day at the appointed place and time where God was formally and God was publicly worshipped. Of course, we know that after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first day of the week became the day of worship. But not only a place of worship here, and a period of worship, but also the procedure of worship. How 
were they to worship God. You see, God could be approached, God could be worshipped, but only in a certain way, and that was by way of sacrifice. Now, the story reveals something very, very important and something that we need to take note of. And it's this, that the children of Adam and Eve had obviously been taught that there was a place of worship, there was a time of worship, and they were taught how they should worship. Now, those were vital lessons, folks. Truths that you and I and multitudes of people have been taught down through the course of time. From childhood days, we were taught the necessity of worshiping God, taught when we should worship God on the first day of the week, taught how we should worship God coming through the person and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were taught of a place where God is found, that place, of course, where God meets with men at the place called Calvary, a time when we should come to Christ, and that time is always now. God is always in the now. People are forever living in their tomorrow, what they'll be tomorrow, where they'll go tomorrow, what they'll do tomorrow. God is in the eternal now, and he says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. He says, today is the accepted time. We were taught a way through which we could come to God, and that was through Christ, our sacrifice upon the cross. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And he said, I am the door by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Now you and I are told because of our multicultural society that people of every different religion will find their own way to heaven. Not if the Bible's true, and I believe it's true, and there's only one way, and Jesus said, I'm the way, and I am the door. And by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. So Cain, from his very earliest days, was taught the need to worship God. And he was a worshiper. Then I want you to notice the way of Cain. I have to point out this, folks, that whatever Cain was or was not, he was not an infidel. He was not an atheist. Cain was a man who acknowledged the existence of God, realized he must worship God, but sadly he failed to worship God in God's appointed way. The Bible says he brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Though Cain worshiped God, and brought an offering to God. Tragically, Cain's religion was wrong. His worship was wrong. 
That obviously pointed to the truth that his heart was wrong. But folks, it's important to stop there for a moment and ask ourselves, is your religion right? There are many people, and they would never dream of worship, uh, missing a place of worship, but is their worship right? You're not an infidel. You're not an atheist. But the question is this, is your religion right? Is it right before God? Do you really know whom you worship? In Acts chapter 17, in the verse 23, and Paul speaking about those who were worshiping on Mars Hill, and he said, As I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar. It was a place of worship. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. And that can be written across many a life in Ulster. They worship a God they do not know. They worship a God they know about, but do not know him personally or in any saving relationship with him. My friend, you know about God, but do you know him personally? Have you ever had that encounter with Christ, that saving encounter? Or are you worshiping a God even tonight that you don't personally know? The problem with Cain's way of religion was simply this. And it came down to his offering, and I want you to notice the nature of this offering of Cain. Why was he wrong in his religion? Where was he wrong? Well, there were a number of ways here. First of all, his offering was a bloodless one because in verse 3, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. Now, it's already been quoted by your minister in Hebrews 9 and 22, where it says, and without shedding of blood is no remission. You see, there was no remission for Cain's parents, Adam and Eve, in the fig leaves that they'd sewed together. Blood had to be shed to make a covering for their sins. So God, he shed blood in the Garden of Eden. He killed the beast, he fleeced the beast, and then he made a covering of skins for Adam and Eve's nakedness. It is the word for atonement. And when we talk about atonement, we are talking about covering over. At Calvary's cross, Christ made a covering, an atonement for our sins. And friends, when we come as sinners to Jesus, that's exactly what happens. Our sins are covered over by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But sadly... That was obnoxious to Cain. 
this old-fashioned slaughterhouse religion. It is still obnoxious to many modern minds today. They're going to come to God their way, as Cain wanted to come to God his way. But his was not God's way. It was a bloodless sacrifice. His offering was also the work of his own hands. In other words, it was the product of his labor. Now, Cain's religion was one of works only. And now it is today. There are many people, they would work the nails of their fingers for the church. They would give, and they would give sacrificially. But they will not come God's way in simple acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Paul puts it this way, of which we're very familiar in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And we read in Titus 3 and verse 5 where it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Top Ladies' hymn sums it up. Nothing in my hand I bring Simply to thy cross I cling. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Cain wouldn't come by the way of the blood. There's many today, and they'll not come by the way of Christ. Oh, they want to worship, but not God's way. D.L. Moody, the great American evangelist, traveling on a train on one occasion, and the train driver was a Mormon, but he had often heard of Moody and his work and his missions, and he wanted to talk with Moody. And his desire, of course, was to win Moody over to Mormonism. But we find that Moody wasn't up for that. And he explained to the driver that there was only one way of salvation, and that was through the sacrifice of Christ upon the cross and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, it's not what you and I do that saves our soul. It is what Christ has already done upon Calvary's cross. You see, Cain, in many ways, was the first inventor of religion and salvation by works. But more than that, his offering was the fruit of the ground. And Cain, he makes a very major mistake here. He ignored the divine sentence recorded in Genesis 3 and 17, where God said, Cursed is the ground. So, nothing in 
and nothing of the ground could save our immortal soul. Only Christ and Christ alone is the Savior of sinners. Cain's way, it was altogether wrong. His religion was altogether wrong. His sacrifice was altogether wrong. He was wrong in his worship. He was wrong in his heart. He was wrong in his ways. But then again, we have to ask ourselves, are we on the right way? Are you depending on heaven by what you do? And maybe no one could point a finger at your life. You've paid your way through society. You're religious, you're upright, you're kind, you're moral and all the rest of it. And folks, all those things are to be admired, but those things will never, ever merit God's salvation. Otherwise, why did Christ die on the cross? He died a sufficient sacrifice for sin. That's the only way that you and I can be saved. You see, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man. And no doubt that way seemed right unto Cain. I have no doubt in my mind that he was sincere in his religion, but he was sincerely wrong. There are people who tell us it doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you're sincere in your belief, that is not true. You could be sincere in your belief and be wrong. I am sure there's many Mormons and they're sincere in their belief, but they're wrong. There are many Jehovah's Witnesses are sincere in what they believe, but they're wrong. There's a way which seemeth right, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Cain's way seemed right, it seemed so right for so many today just to depend even upon church attendance. And yet Jesus said, I'm the way, the only way, the only door, and there is no other way. But then I want you to notice also, not only the worship of Cain, and he did worship, but he was wrong in that worship. The way of Cain, he chose a particular pathway in life, but it was the wrong pathway. My friend, make sure you're on the right path. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but it's very, very important that you're on the right way. And then there's the wrath of Cain. The Bible says in verse 5, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Now I'm sure that Cain's offering was a beautiful offering. Maybe even more beautiful to look upon than a blood sacrifice. A lamb slain. 
no doubt he would have brought the choicest of his produce. And he labored long and hard to produce this fruit. No doubt it cost him many hours. Hard toil and bitter labor. But the Bible says it was rejected and he was angry. That's a picture of many people today. And I remember the very first, the first mission I ever conducted was in the south of Ireland. And I was so enthusiastic. I was just out of Bible college. I was going to turn the world upside down in a week. And after that week, I realized it was going to take a bit longer. And I remember knocking a door and a lady came and I said, we're having a mission. But she had something on on Monday night and Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday night. And she didn't have a night free. And I said, you know, in my foolishness that ever dawn upon your deluded soul, you're on the road to a lost eternity. Mightn't have been the wisest approach. It wasn't to her. She was sweeping out the hallway and she took that brush and she wheeled it at me and she buried it in the doorpost above me and I thought, what do you do here? Well, I thought, there's no future for a dead hero so I'll be a living card and I ran for my life. But you know, folks, there's many people today you tell them church attendance will not merely get them to heaven and they will become angry. You tell them that Jesus is the only way and they will become angry. Because people today like Cain want their religion, want their salvation on their terms, their way. They want to go to heaven on their terms. But not God. And yet, you know, the amazing thing is this. That though he brought this wrong offering, and while God rejected it, I believe that God was still holding out an offer of mercy to him. Because the Bible says in verse 7, If thou doest well, Shalt thou not be accepted if thou doest not well? Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And I've always found that verse a little somewhat difficult. Because there's different interpretations of it. And I refer to A.W. Pink on this. He said, this verse has been always a difficult one to me. Yet, he says, is God not saying here, if thou doest well, if you bring the proper offering, I will accept it. And if thou doest not well, if the offering you bring has been rejected, 
Yet there is a simple remedy. Sin lieth at the door, or a sin offering lieth at the door. They were probably tent dwellers. There would have been lambs grazing around that tent. He could have gone and taken a lamb and sacrificed it and shed his blood and been accepted. But Cain would not have it God's way. He would have it his way. And he was angry and he was filled with wrath. And that overflowed, finishing up killing his brother Abel. Wrong in his belief, wrong in his behavior. And what a devastating harvest it produced in his life. You see, folks, what you and I believe will determine how we behave. And that is clearly seen here with Cain. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter 3 and verses 10, 11, and 12 says this, In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Cain didn't do righteousness, and he didn't love his brother, he killed him. For this is the message that they have heard from the beginning, that ye should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Cain is reaping now a terrible harvest. Sin always produces a terrible harvest. And Cain would be a, a fugitive. He would be a vagabond. He would be an outcast, wandering from place to place to sustain his life, the fruit of his religion. A prison chaplain walking through the prison. And of course, there's an awful lot of work goes on in the prison. And there used to be one in the prison uh, where football teams would request the prisoners to make uh, football strips, and so they would in the sewing shop. And a chaplain just passing through saw the men sewing, and to make a point of contact with them, he said, men, are you doing a bit of sewing? Quick as a flash. One prisoner said, no, we're actually doing a bit of reaping. Cain sowing the seeds of sin. Now he's reaping a bitter harvest. And so it will be with all who reject Jesus Christ as their Savior, the only way into God's heaven. In one of the saddest verses you'll find anywhere in the Bible, 
is found in this chapter. And it's found in the verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Now he's an abandoned man by God. He wouldn't have salvation, righteousness, God's way. And the way that seems so right, it was now the ways of death. You see, the Bible's true. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The sad result of not being right with God is to ultimately be abandoned by God. The awfulness of a lost eternity. You see, folks, there's two ways in life. There's the way of Cain, and there's the way of Abel. There's the way that leads to heaven. That's the way Abel went. There's the way that leads to a lost eternity. That's the way that Cain went. Friend, what way are you traveling tonight? Traveling the only way to heaven where Jesus said, I am the way. We can worship God. Cain did that. No, he wasn't an infidel. but he chose the wrong path in life. And he paid the sinner's price. Friend, make sure you're on the right path. Make sure you're saved by God's grace. There's only one way to God's heaven. And Jesus is the way. And I trust this night you'll not follow the path of Cain, but rather the path of Abel. That means putting your faith and trust in Christ, making him your Savior. He says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out, for whosoever shall call for the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friend, have you ever called, ever come to Christ? If not, Come tonight. Come now. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, write thy truth upon our hearts. We thank you for the great sacrifice that was made for us on Calvary's cross. When Jesus laid down his life, the ransom price of our sin, and died the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to thee. Oh, that everyone will be on the right way tonight, knowing Christ is our Savior. For we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.